welcome to episode 93 of the Talking Talking podcast. I am Chris Ballard and this evening I'm joined by Ben Curry. Hello. And Rowena Davis-Williams. Hello, good evening. Well, we didn't really want to do a podcast because results have not been good, but apparently our adoring fans expect a podcast and if they don't, Jules will riot and he'll have nothing to listen to in the bath. So we're going to talk about Scunthorpe from Saturday and Maidenhead from Tuesday evening. Let's start with Scunthorpe. Um, I wasn't at the game, obviously, the commute being a little bit too far for me, but Ben was. Uh, ben, what were your impressions coming out of the game? Uh, well, not for the first time this season. We started well enough, uh, scored a good goal after three or four minutes. Um, Dan Martin slotted in nicely. Um, thought he gave us good width on the left-hand side. And Dan, uh, Dylan Crow gave us equal whip from the right-hand side, something we hadn't seen throughout the season so far. So that was a positive. Scunthorpe were not a great side, but we just didn't kill him off. And better teams would have, would have um, taken him to the cleaners. Last season's team would have taken him to the cleaners in that first half, but we didn't really create the second chance, the third chance we needed to get the second goal. Half-time, 1-0 up, think, OK, we need a second goal here. Scunthorpe couldn't possibly play that badly in the second half, and they didn't. They had a rocket up their ass, came out, got the equaliser almost straight away. And after that, they were a better team, and they you know, really should have put us to bed. Um, had two off the line. Holstead made a couple of really good saves. And really, when you look at the fixtures after the Wrexham debacle, you think Scunthorpe at home, that's a good fixture to try and get you know back on track. And a point, you'd say, stops the rot, but really, that's the sort of game where you looking at three points you know you've got to win your home games and you've got to beat the teams around you who are struggling and as I say in that first half Scunthorpe looked really ordinary so it's a real shame that we only got one point I listened to it on the radio as I have to these days because despite my pleading streaming is still not a thing um, and it did feel like it was a classic performance this season where we had moments but as soon as we go in front we resort to playing on the back foot all the time. And that's not sustainable when you've been scoring after seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't at the game. Um, been a bit slack recently. But um, a good friend of mine was sending me some updates. And um, my main feeling is that if we're not, you know, if we're not beating the other teams around us who are down there, uh, we could be in a little bit of trouble. It didn't sound like a game that was particularly exciting. Um, it didn't really sound like we got a hold on the game. Uh, it's, it was, I was probably more disappointed with that result than I was with Tuesday's result, which was obviously at the last minute because we, we've got to be beating the other teams that are down there with us. Do you think that it's a, a symbol of how far we've fallen that we're looking at Scunthorpe, who have been terrible this season, let's be fair, that we're looking at them thinking we should be getting a result? But as Ben said, a point is stopping the rock. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, you know, you just said Scunthorpe have been terrible this season. And yet here we are with one less point. <laughs> um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to sort of understand where it's going quite so wrong from the highlights I've watched. There's definitely signs of good players there. There's definitely signs of talent and ways that we, you know, we could be a good team, but it's just not working at the moment. A very intelligent person, I can't remember who said it, said that we'd really struggled to score goals this season. Um, and that really is the case. I mean, Jarvis and Goodwin will score you goals, but it's all down to the service they get. And the service just isn't there at all. Um, you know, we're not getting the numbers forward in midfield either. Uh, in both games, there was an, uh, a cross from the left-hand side, which went right through the six-yard box and out the other side without getting a touch. And those are the ones where if you're playing a 3-5-2, you, you need your midfielders to get in the box and get on the end of those. And we're just not putting away the chances we do create and we're not creating enough chances to, to, to score the goals. And until we find a way to score goals regularly, we're going to struggle. I mean, last night was the first time we scored twice in a match. And apart from that, we're scoring one goal and they're pretty much in the first four or five minutes. Now, good teams take the lead early, which is what we're doing. So there's a basis of something to work with there. But then the confidence drains as soon as we get halfway through the match and maybe the equalise or they've got a foothold in the game. We don't know what to do to turn it back around again. Um, it's actually the second time we scored twice in a game. We scored twice at Southend. 
Um, if you're going to come out of your stats, get them right, Ben. All yeah. Right. Um, and normally I would jump, you know, people who know me know I don't like to correct other people, but on that occasion, I, I thought I would. Um, I didn't want to mention Dylan Crow because from the radio, it sounded like he had a really good first half. He didn't have a second half because he got injured. And I do think we want to touch on the injuries again. Um, it sounded like that game, and to a certain degree, the Wrexham game, even though we got murdered, he started to come into his own. Um, I thought early on in the season he had been less than impressive. Uh, how much of a blow is it, do you think, that we're not going to see him for however long it is now? Well, against Gunthorpe, I say part of the, part of the uh, positive of the first half was the whip we were getting from Martin, who obviously we've missed for the first five or six games of the season anyway. We know from last season has got the engine to get back and forward, up and down the line. But it was the first time we really saw Dylan Crow get forward and actually beat a man, which shows that he's probably just been getting slightly more confident with every single game. He will be a miss because what we're now seeing is a left footed player on the right-hand side, which, although I think both Wyatt and Martin have done that quite well in, in, in the one and a half games they've had to play on the, on the opposite, ga- opposite side, it, it does get very predictable. They're going to have to cut inside to be on a naturally stronger foot. So... Personally speaking, I would probably favour moving to a back four whilst Crow is out, simply so that you have a right footer at right back. That, that's that's my preference. Who would you put at right back then? Uh, well, Donnellan can play at right right back, uh, but obviously he, again, he he came off injured last night, but he looked be moving okay. I think it was more just a precautionary thing because we lost Marshall, so. It just just seems we're just, again as per usual we, we seem to be constantly three or four players missing at any one time, which obviously not ideal in our situation. Yeah, I mean, I I think when we started playing three five two in the in the preseason, it seemed to me that we were doing that so that we could accommodate Moxie without exposing him too much on the left because he doesn't have the pace anymore, and there's only so much that experience and class can do for you back there. If the guy's fast than you, you're not going to catch up with him no matter how many Premier League games we've played, and I think Martin offers that. Um, but our defence has been pretty abject. For, it's funny because for the first two, three games, we're like, oh, this is OK, we're not letting goals in. Well, you know, if we do, it's one at a time, and now we've let in 22 goals, I think it is, since then. So clearly something has to change. Um, I would hope that we're looking for a defender to bring in on loan. I think, like, I, I'm an Ali Omar fanboy but I'm under no illusions. There are better defenders at this level around. We just don't have any. Um, well, the one that we do is, is Marshall and Moxie and they're already playing as well. So if we're to persist with three at the back, I think we need another defender. Um, but let's... Scunthorpe not beating them was disappointing. Um, but I think after that game, if you'd said to us, hey, that's the goal. That's, that's a goal and a game that we've... Um, We've done well in. We haven't lost the game. Let's go to Maidenhead. Let's well, let's stay at home to Maiden. Don't go to Maidenhead. They won't be there. Let's go to Playmore against Maidenhead. Get a result, and suddenly four points from six isn't so bad. Didn't turn out that way. Um, again, uh, Ben was at the game. Myself and Marina were listening on the radio. I was only listening part time because I was working during the game, and I kept having to do some of that, which is upsetting. Um, it sounded to me that we were actually pretty good. Is that is that fair, Ben? Um, I mean, it's not a particularly high bar that we've set ourselves this season, but that was our best performance that I've seen, um, certainly going forward. Very frustrating game, very weird game. Obviously, um, the, the injury to Evans took up a 10-minute uh, stoppage, which then got added on. Um, horrible incident. You can see straight away he was wincing in pain and... Uh, took a, a lot of medics a long time to get him onto the, uh, the stretcher properly. So quite a serious injury. Um, it's since been revealed it's three broken ribs, which would have been extremely painful for him. And real shame for the, uh, for, for the young man. And obviously we wish him well, but probably means we're not going to see him again that play more this season, you'd think. But you never know. But um, I was going to say, I, I've broken a rib and it can confirm it really, really fucking hurts. Um, but it's probably a six, seven week injury. You know, yeah, so but, but back in training before Christmas. Whether or not he's playing again is open for debate. Given that it's a season long loan, I would be surprised if we don't see him again. And his recuperation will surely be in Cardiff. 
that's what I meant, really. I mean, you know, yeah. Cardiff will keep hold of him, and then probably by the time it gets to Christmas, we'll probably have lost interest in, in needing him back and probably be needing to put our resources elsewhere. But it's a shame because the last couple of games, starting to see glimpses that he could run, run the midfield, and we, we certainly lost a little bit of sparkle when he came off. Um, so it felt like a bit of a of, of a weird game when, when a stop like that uh, you know, punctuates the match. Um, but we got the lead, and we looked good. Uh, gave away a soft equaliser, not for the first time this season, but we didn't a uh, hedge drop, which was a positive sign. Scored a good second goal. Both strikers scored really nice finishes, both showing that they can make a partnership. Both worked hard, both looked the real deal, so that's a positive. Debatable penalty, right on half time, sort of killed us stone dead. If we'd got to half time at 2 1, it's probably, you know, a different, different game. And then second half, both teams went for the win and the last minute goal was a sucker punch, really. Probably not deserved on the balance of play, but you've got to defend properly. And we didn't. It's just a story of our season, really, just individual lapses. But I think there are positives to be taken. Obviously, that's so, uh, silly to say when you're, you're bottom of the league after 12 games, nine goals scored, and this, that, and the other. But there are, st- there are things to build on. There are players starting to show signs that they're start- starting to, to work out how to play in this team. Um, and what I will say is that the effort is there. No players downing tools. The, the effort is there. That's yeah, encouraging. I, mean, I watched the highlights and um, I, I agree with you, Ben. I think um, watching it didn't really feel like I was watching a bottom of the table team. I mean, we're, we're far away from what we were last even last season and of course two seasons ago um but we scored some really nice goals and um they came from really really good balls in um which was just really nice to see I mean I was kind of prepared um you know like I said earlier I haven't been able to follow the season so much this year so far due to being really busy but having watched it I was really surprised that you know they're performing a lot better than I than I sort of thought they would be but that goal at the end was unforgivable I mean it's just complete lapse of concentration like just couldn't see it to the end. I mean, obviously we're really unlucky to have it cleared off the line um, just before, but that's no reason not to concentrate and get that point. And, and actually a point against Maidenhead would have been a good point. You know, it would have been something to take, take on and move on to the next game. And you can see that there are definitely like our strike, you know, Jarvis looked good yesterday, um, scored a really nice goal. You can see that there is people in there that, you know, they could be really, really good and we could be a good team. The problem is like, the main feeling I had listening last night was I thought I thought that might be the end of Gary Johnson. And I sort of finished listening last night and felt really sad about that. So I'm glad to wake up this morning and he's still there. I still think we should back him. Um, I don't think this lies with the manager. I, I don't think things are going well. I, I think it could be better, obviously. But it's going to be the same problem with a worse manager, if you guys, same problem, same owner, same problem. Yeah, I, I think we you know we do want to talk about the future of manager and and the people who run and own the club. But on the Maidenhead game, as you say, Ben, I thought Jarvis looked really good from what I saw. The goal that he scored was really good. Um, I said before we started recording, if that had been Holland who scored that for Man City, Gallienica would have had a tent in his trousers um, because the ball was in, it zipped into him. I think from Martin from the left hand side, pretty pretty quick. He takes one touch away from the defender and bam, goal. And I think Jarvis has shown enough in the last couple of games that he is a player who will score goals if he's given the service. And that's been our problem all season long. I know Matt was raving about a touch that he made in the Wrexham game. I remember thinking, okay, that's cool, but that's a touch. Now we're starting to see that him and Goodwin could be a good partnership. We just need to make sure that our midfield is giving them the, the chances. You know, we're not playing with Hall. I don't know if Hall's injured again, um, but you know we are missing the midfield creators from last season, and we've spoken about that ad nauseum. Um, we we need to improve and improve fast. But I keep I don't know whether I'm just blindly optimistic, but I do feel as though, and I do have some distance, but I do feel as though there's a pretty decent side in there somewhere, and there's nobody I'd rather put in charge of getting that team out than Gary Johnson. So my my instinct is that you're right and there is a good team in there. Um but these things take time. And 
we're quite lucky in that we're not adrift. You know, at one point, if when we were, when we were winning, we were as high as seventeenth in the table. So just a couple of of wins will drag a lot of teams in and around us. So to to that to that end, if you can get a little run of three or four wins together, it's, it very quickly looks a lot lot different. Obviously, we look a long way away from that. But in Jarvis and Goodwin, we've certainly got two strikers to build a team around. And it's just about getting them the service. I mean, they run the 90 minutes. They put themselves about. They chase lost causes, run the channels. They do all the things you want your strikers to do. Both score a really nice finish. They work well together. Um, I think um, Goodwin shared today a, a, a gash he had in, in, in top of his head. Um, you know, he puts himself about. He's not scared to put his head where it hurts. Um, my issue is that they've we've made them play uh, two 90-minute matches inside three days. And that's a lot of toll to take on, on, on two strikers. We haven't got the, the options on the bench to come on and change the game. And you saw that when we took Evans off uh, and bring on McGavin, who's technically gifted, but very, very slow. And so the transition from defence to attack just wasn't there. But do you think, I, I think having a strong bench in the National League is a bit of a myth. Do you really think many te- I mean, apart from I'm um, taking out the ones that are having money pumped into them, but on a normal National League, with a normal National League club and a normal National League year, the, the issue of being in the National League is you never have much depth on the bench. You should have a striker. You should have a spare striker to come on and give your strikers a rest so they're not playing 180 minutes each in, in, in three days. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying I, that you shouldn't. I, I think you should, but I'm just, I'm just never sure. I don't think, I think that's been... A problem for years for us is that we never really have much to come off and um, change the game come on change the game you know come well, off the bench in the in the playoff se- in the playoff season we got to Ashton Gate we could bring Kim Pioca and Waters on I mean <laughs> okay in 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 the end you know we Kim have Pioca our opi- a shot <laughs> we could have our opinions on those players but they are options you can bring on whereas I, I get, yeah I think the difference is talking about if there's an option yeah you're right there should always be an option but I'm saying is, is does the bench have a hat for much depth? Not really, even if there's an option. But you're right, there should be another person to be able to bring on. Well, sure. already 10 games into the season, we've got five or six players who are injured and, and are unavailable to us. In, in a squad of 20, that is just seems to be our status quo constantly. Um, so if you're needing points and needing wins and you're looking to bring on Ryan Hansen for the last five minutes to get you a winning goal, that, that, that's not going to cut it. Um, so you did have one clear off the line. He did. It was his man that was cleared off the line, ironically enough. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, but but you, you, the point remains, yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if, you're, if, if you're giving Kazela 60 minutes on the opening day of the season and he's just running around chasing shadows and, and just running down blind alleys, and then after that 60 minutes you're saying, right, we're going to discard you for the rest of the season, that's no good as a club. You've got to use your, your budget more wisely than that because we could have used his wages to get in a loan signing to, 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 to cover... Uh, Corey Andrews' injury. He's out for six weeks now, and we've got no, we've got no, nobody to cover that. So if Goodwin gets sent off because the referee decides he's elbowed someone in the face and misses three matches, we're then down to one striker. So you know, you you need you need to have some sort of depth or some sort of plan to to uh, you know in any situation. Yeah, I totally I mean, agree I, with that. I, I think that. We, we've spoken about the injuries well, for about three years now, because we do seem to be cursed. I I think there's a a difference between injuries that seem to occur in training that apply to muscles. You know, we've heard like Gary Johnson likes to work particularly hard in training. Does that mean that they're more susceptible to muscle injuries in the game? Maybe. But the ones last night were, you know, Evans, I would assume it was unlucky, you know, because it doesn't seem to be any free kick or, or card given anyway. Um, but three broken ribs is a hefty injury to sustain, and that can't be that's just bad luck. Same thing with Marshall. And we've had people, you know, Elio Omar was concussed earlier on in the season. Corey Andrews gets kicked in the hip on day one when we're in the ascendancy half an hour in. And we've just been very unlucky with game injuries. Um, I think there are still questions to be answered about the physio department, about some of the injuries that people have had that seem to take longer. Going even someone like Liam Davis, his career was ended because we didn't recuperate him properly. And, you know, I know that's an extreme example, but we have players out for way longer than, you know, oh, they've got a thigh strain. Suddenly they're out for three months. That doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been really unlucky with injuries. And, you know, I was at the first game of the season when Corey Andrews took that injury. We looked like a different side. And it's hard to imagine what we might have been like had he had, you know, had consistent game time and been able to get used to having him there. It's it's really quite hard at the moment being back at the bottom of the National League, though, isn't it? And feeling like I'm not sure we have many options because we're talking about having options on the bench. But where's the money coming from? We're not getting any money, are we, to build a team here? Well, let's let's talk about that because the owner, Clark Osborne, did put out a statement on Friday following the uh, annual general meeting. And was there talk about more budget for Gary Johnson? Was there talk about trying to, you know, get some players up from the youth team? No, no, there wasn't. It was all about play more and how not earning play more means that the club can't grow. And again, we've said this before, that might be a long-term plan, but we're bottom of the National League because so far we haven't won enough games. So trying to talk about a stadium is pointless. Clark needs to say, I'd say Clark like I'm his mate. I'm not, it's it's absolutely that. rubbish. I mean, the highlights yesterday is yeah. nobody there. That's what we need to focus on. Yeah. You need a new stadium. Yeah, you need a new stadium yeah. when you're overperforming and you're full and like you've right. got, you're investing and you're putting, you know, look at Forest Green. Yeah, uh, Dale Vince is investing. That's why he's building them a new stadium. You know, that's why that's happening. All of this talk of new stadiums, it's all he ever talks about in any club that he goes to. Osborne it's all he ever cares about it's just about making money playing more is right in the center you know you're gonna be a, be a really good housing estate and it's all he cares about and it's so important that the um that the club you know that playing more stays in the council's ownership just it's all he cares about and if you stop focusing on that and what he'll do is he'll sell that he would sell that off and then he'd build a substandard or no stadium and we'd be absolutely lost well, that's why the trust is more important than ever um I know Sometimes trust can be not as effective as you would like, but they've been banging that drum since Osborne came in. I think they put pressure on the council. When the council didn't roll over for Osborne, you know, six months in or however long, that was a surprise to me because my experience with councils has generally been that they'll do whatever someone wealthier than them asks them to do. Um, I'm not even sure that he is wealthy anymore. Like, is he? Well, he's still wealthier know. than most people. I mean, I'm. I'm isn't the club in massive debt though? Like, I they're don't... a massive debt to him. So he's yeah. wealthy because if you put together his net worth, you can say he's had four million quid by talking United AFC, or his company is anyway. But on the budget side, we heard at the end of last season that we had offered big contracts to Evans and Little and Lewis. So do we know for sure that the budget is that much smaller, or is it that we've given players like Dan? You know, Dan Marston signed a new contract in the summer. Um, you know, we've brought in Aaron Jarvis and Corey Andrews. Is it likely that we gave them two-year contracts because we thought this might be a two-year project? Do you believe everything that they say, though? They're such a closed book. We don't, we don't have any transparency with the club at all. Um, no. Why would every single one of those players say no to a... Some people would like, you know, some people like Ben love living down there. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, I going to Stockport and earning, even if we gave someone like Armand Little, even if we doubled his money, he's probably getting at least triple that. And he's playing in League One at least until February when Forest yeah. Green get relegated. Um, so, you know, I don't think anyone was a surprise. And also, to your point, it becomes an issue of, well, of course we can, you know, of course we can offer them a big contract because we know they're never going to sign it. And then we can say, oh, we offered him a big contract. Yeah. And, you can, um, oh, and, you know, if we had that money, then it didn't go into the transfers, did it? So I'm not even sure that money ever really existed. I think we paid money for Hansen. I'm sure there was a there was an agreement with, uh, it was he, Dover to, to pay some money for him. I mean, it, it wouldn't be very much, but um, I, I thought when we were building a team pre-season, I thought we were building a team that was a lot bigger, a lot more physical, which at times last season and the season before even we struggled with. Um, they've not knitted together as fast as I would have hoped. And I still think there's some doubts over um, the defence. But I, like I say, I've said it before, I'm very optimistic about stuff generally. Um, and I, I'm not worried about relegation. I should be because we're on the table and we haven't won a game at home all season. But what I was doing last night after the game was I was looking at the odds checker to see what price we are to get promoted. <laughs> and we're 500 to one. 
because you know all you have to do is get seventh and from there who knows what could happen so I think Gary Johnson is the right guy to sort it out I know some people don't um do you see a point in the near future where we don't have Gary Johnson as a manager absolutely I mean I'm I'm staunchly Gary Johnson in but I'm not stupid you know if you're bottom of the league for half a season and you're losing far more than you're winning you're going to be in trouble um I don't want him to go I still think he's got a lot to offer I think he can turn this around um I think the players are still playing for him um you know I I don't think he's a bad manager I I I think that the certainly the groundswell of opinion is getting louder and there was a little bit of a final whistle uh, last night and you see it on various uh, forums and, and social media and that's fine. I mean, if you pay your money and you end up seeing defeat after defeat, that it's an opinion you can have and it's, it, you're well entitled to it. But at some point, it, it does become untenable if the crowds continue to drop and uh, the fans lose faith in the manager and it's only left with the, the few people like me who... Who, who still back him, it, it becomes untenable from a business point to impl- employ a manager who, who's not well-received. I mean, it got to a point with Hours. I never thought they'd sack Gary Hours because he was doing such a great job of completely taking us down into the mud, which is what I assumed Clark Osborne wanted. I assumed he'd be there forever until the last person, the last fan ripped up their season ticket and, and, and went home. So you don't know what their intentions are. Um, but at the same time, I do think that... Gary Johnson does have a bit of pride in himself, and if it got untenable from his opinion, he just just he, he he'd walk. I do think he'd walk. I think his uh, um, end of match interview was quite interesting yesterday as well. You know, it wasn't it was quite defiant. We've we've seen him more sad, more more um, you know feeling like drawn down. I think we've seen him watch his team play worse than that, and I think you know it kind of came out. Well, it felt like to me that he back the team in the performance last night um, that perhaps they, you know, they, and he'd said that to them. There wasn't much of like, but there was a conversation that some people are not performing enough, but there wasn't that sort of like angry Gary Johnson that we've seen before. So I don't think he's given up yet. Um, my concern is, like I said at the beginning, that we'll get a new manager in, um, a worse manager, and we'll, we'll be in the same situation. Well, I, I think if you bring a new manager in, you then have to, there's an expectation that you support them with allowing them to bring their own players in. And if we are struggling for budget, where's that money going to come from? Ignoring the fact that you're probably going to have to pay up Gary Johnson's contract. And I don't have a clue what his contract is, but I'm sure it's more than some of the players are on. Right. So I, I, no, I'm not suggesting we stick with Johnson until we're in the national league South again. Um, But I would, I would be surprised if he's not here at Christmas time. Um, Yeah. What's that two and a half months, probably. 10, 12 games, I would think. I think we've got to see some results in the next couple of games. Otherwise, the voices are just going to get too loud. Um, yeah, I mean, the voices on the internet are basically screaming into the void. There's a whole subsection of talking fans, and I'm sure it's the same for every other club, that they're happiest when they're miserable. So when the team is do- doing poorly, they're you know basically typing one-handed half of the time because they're enjoying themselves so much. Um, I... I understand, you know, the, the results haven't been good. The performances haven't always been good. So you have, you do have to hold your hand up and say, maybe there is time for a change. I just don't think that time is now. I think, as Ben said, the players are still playing for Gary Johnson. There's no indication that he's lost the dressing room, even though he's lost it a dozen times in the past three years at various points. Um, he always seems to find it again, though. Um, I would hope that Osborne is committed enough to the club to say, look, in January, you tell me what you need to get this team to where it should be come the end of the season. And that might not be playoffs, by the way. That might be, we need to finish 10th so that we can then build upon that for next season. Um, I don't know if I have any faith that he will. And the issue we have is that we don't have any white knight riding in on a horse with a big bag of money saying, hey, go out and buy... Ollie Palmer from Wrexham, that all set the cat amongst the pigeons. I mean, and that's the thing, we've had to rebuild the whole team. I mean, obviously we're quite used to lots of people leaving in the summer, but I'm, I can't remember a time where quite so many of our most important players left at the same time. Um, and I think we went into 
this well not particularly as you know fans went in we've had a few years really of relative success and you know um, even last year there was just a hint that we might get into the playoffs uh, I think people thought we would just start and be playing really really well because there's quite a lot of chat of you know we are talking and these other teams are Tim Pot and all of that which I just kind of hate like um, I heard it a little bit when we played Wheelstone people saying we should be beating Wheelstone and it's like well that point they'd had really really good starts to the season and we hadn't why why would our history and our size mean that we should beat them um so I think there has to be a level of realism we've got a completely new squad and we are not a Premier League team we're not 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 got a new squad of fantastic players we've got a new squad of National League players and most of them are National League South or North so there has to be a level of understanding and and perhaps you know Osborne and Gary Johnson have had that conversation that this is a complete rebuild year but I don't really think that anyone would have envisioned we would be rock bottom at this point. However, having said rock bottom, we're not really, because if we win the next game, we're looking at going towards mid-table. You know, it's still, there's quite a few teams that haven't performed massively well. Um, and it's only going to take a couple of good results to get us back into a more comfortable position and get the confidence up of the players. Surprisingly, I would completely agree with that. You know, as I said earlier, we are only... Um, a couple of results away from, you know, a, a few places up, up, up the league, which is all it needs to, to get a bit of confidence going. Um, uh, you know, we were told when Gary Johnson was appointed that he's a bad manager when he's stuck in a, in a bit of a rut, but he's a brilliant manager when he gets on a run. If we, if we get on a run and the players get the confidence going, who knows, three or four wins, suddenly yeah. everything's looking up. We've seen that confidence come through pretty much every season that he's been here. I mean, you know, the the promotion season from the National League South, it didn't take him very long to turn that ship around, but we were rolling pretty quickly. We were doing okay in the abandoned season before that had to come to an end. Playoff season, you know, we were great till Christmas. We had a tough January and February, mostly because of injury, but we eked out another run. And then last year, we started terribly. I don't know if it was quite this badly, but then towards the end, we were unfortunate not to make the playoffs. So... I have no doubt that he can do it again. Um, I think one of the things that Johnson has done well for us and other teams is take players and improve them. Um, I know, you know, we've all heard like, oh, Ali Omar is not fit to wear the shirt or why do we have Dan Martin? And this was at Haven't and Waterlooville, I think, last year. But people were saying the exact same thing about Carl Cameron about Aaron Nemain, about, other, you know, we can go through the list. At some point, everyone's decided that the players that have since moved on to... Or quote, even Halstead is a really good example. Or even Halstead, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, and it's, it's not unreasonable to expect this team to, to continue improving, which was why when we started signing this bunch of young players in pre-season, some of us, and I didn't do it myself, admittedly, but some of us were like, oh, this is a two-year project. You can make the case that the teams at the top of the division have too much money for us to compete with. Wrexham are spending stupid money. Notts County are spending really good money. And that's not counting teams like Chesterfield who have money and Solihull, for example, who just have a really good setup. Um, so I, I'm optimistic that the team will improve, but I don't think anyone's under any illusions that if we keep losing, the pressure will start to mount. And I, I don't know if we'll ever sack Gary Johnson. I would imagine that he'll have enough and move on before, before anyone fires him. I don't know. I think it would be mutual consent we'd hear. No, no. I mean, that last minute goal last night was a real gut punch because it's no defeat. If we drawn that match and had a shot cut off the line in the last minute, you'd say, OK, we've, they've given it everything. We've given it a good go. Played to the final whistle. Ne- nearly got a Gary time goal. That's a good effort. The, the team spirit is brilliant. Unfortunately, what we've seen in the last minute is we've just had a, another lapse of concentration and that's another stick to beat the team with. Whereas, okay, two points from six wouldn't have been great either, but it is something to build on. Whereas, after, after another defeat and three goals shipped, that that's just it's just pushing the you know the positivity back down again. It's just it's it's destroyed everything that's that's been happened over the last 180 minutes. It's just destroyed it stone dead. It, it was such a it's, it's that thing when you know the clatter of seats and people getting up from the seats is just, just just pissing off. It's just just feels. Nothing you can do about it. They only had 20 fans. You couldn't even hear them celebrate. There were so few of them. It's just, here we go again sort of thing. And and that takes a lot for a manager to, to turn around. But from listening to his post-match interview, he seems like he still wants to try and do that, which is positive. You know. Yeah. 
And I, I think, you know, again, I don't think anyone's under any illusion. If he wanted to walk away, he's done enough in his career that he could do and he wouldn't need... He's not in the job because he needs the money, right? Um, I don't think we've really spoken too much about the main person to blame for this, and that's the Queen dying. When she died, that really fucked us up because we were due to play Aldershot after having beaten South End, and I think... I don't think any... This is sound logic, guys, so clearly it doesn't brook any argument, but... If the Aldershot game goes ahead, we get a result, whether a win or a draw. Suddenly, we're feeling a lot more positive going into the Wrexham game. When did um, Kate Winslet die? Because as far as I'm concerned, Kate Winslet is my queen. I've I've got this thing with my friend, but, but she's my queen, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is her king. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, we're not talking about Kate Winslet. I don't think she died. No, she didn't die, but I imagine the videotape of the Titanic has expired years ago from when you were pausing the scene in the car. <laughs> I've never watched Titanic in my car. No, very good. Um, all right, so I think we should move on. But before we do, we need to do Man of the Match for both Scunthorpe and for Maidenhead, lest Nick French start calling us mean words on the internet again. So... For Scunthorpe, I know it feels like forever ago, but it was actually only four days. Um, ben, you were there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say Holstead was man of the match because he made two brilliant saves to hold on to a point in the last few minutes. Um, so that, that, that was probably crucial to, to the game. Um, he pushed one onto the post and then tipped one over the bar in the last 10 minutes when Scunthorpe were really pushing for a winner. So that was a massive positive. And he's been a positive all season, really. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've written off, written off pre-season. I'm very glad to eat my words that we'd be a lot worse off without some of his performances this season. So, well done to him. And who would you put second and third? Um, I'd probably say Moxie. He's just quality. And majority of our good play, if you can call it that, came from his intelligent balls down the channel. You know, he he... he he takes pace off the ball when sometimes you see a fullback just absolutely whack it out of play. He, he measures his passes. You can actually see him do that, thinking about doing it as he's doing it. Um, and his long throw-ins also throughout the game. Both games are one of our most important weapons still, which is sad, but you know it's a fact of how it is. What about a third? I did ask for a top three. Ben. Oh, oh yes, um, the only one yes. that was there. <laughs> um, we'll we'll go for Martin for for scoring the goal. Um, just you know, as a a token of scoring the goal, it was a nice finish, and it was good yeah. to see our wing back being the first man forward in that instance and and uh, scoring his first goal. And I think he has added something, and it's not it's not enough, but it, it's a, a tick in the team we want to see going forward. And he's certainly been missed in the first eight or nine games he wasn't available for. So he's he's a step in the right direction, definitely having him back and, and looking fit and in good shape. Great. And then for the, the Maidenhead game last night, um, having watched the highlights, I've come up with Jarvis, Goodwin and Moxie. Jarvis and, Good, Jarvis and Goodwin were outstanding. You know, as I say, if, if you'd watched 90 minutes and you hadn't seen us at all, you'd be wondering how we hadn't scored more goals because they were dynamic, chase lost causes, put themselves about, and both finishes were nice finishes. I mean, what you said about Jarvis's goal is spot on. It was a moment of class. So you're, you're okay with those three? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I'd put Moxie as a high performer in any game we play, and you can just tell he's a Premier ex-Premier League player. You can just see that. And again, it shows where we are as a club that he was pretty much spent after 80 minutes last night. Um, but we've got no option but to keep going with him. You know, better teams would manage his time better, but we can't yeah. afford to do that. And that might have had something to do with their winning goal in the last minute, maybe. Maybe he's a bit slow to get back in. Um, but no, he's a class above still. I actually okay. feel sorry. For, I actually feel quite sorry for him, really. Well, he didn't pay for Exeter. We all have to feel sorry for people like that. Um, all right, so that's that's cover Scunthorpe and Maidenhead. Now we have a long journey at the weekend. We get to go to York, which is a great place to go to. Generally, it's a fantastic city, but it's you really work really for York hard. Tourist Board. <laughs> Actually, I school. went to college. I went to college in Lancaster, so we're conditioned to hate York. But it's it's. I really think York's a shambles, personally. 
Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, don't tell good. him he's very good. Yeah. It doesn't no, help, I, I it doesn't have to help anybody, you. you know. I don't know how long he's had that in the locker for, but it's still very good. I mean, don't, mi- don't, mi- don't minster your words. Right. You just lost your credit now. Mostly because I was up. about to say the exact same thing and I'm really annoyed about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we go to, it's not Bootham Crescent anymore, is it? They've got a new stadium called the, is it still the Kit Kat Stadium or something? I don't know because I don't profess to care about any other team in the division um, apart from our own. It doesn't matter, but York have been, you know, they came up for the National League North last season. They came up for the playoffs, I think. Um, you think I would know this, having done my research ahead of time. I had your crown as my dark horses for this year. Oh, really? So, um, um, let's see. Um, it's had a bit of a mixed few results recently. So, lost the last game. So, I think if we try and play as we did on, yeah. on Tuesday. They did get beaten by Halifax, who have been struggling. And they got, you know, they put this game before that. I think they were 5-0 winners at Barnet who had had a man sent off. So consist- inconsistent is probably the uh, the best way to describe them. But I'm hoping that we can go there and get a result because we need something to kickstart the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a long journey, which is never <laughs> very helpful. So um, you're not going to well, I, I hope we prepare properly because I've heard rumours that, you know, we're snagging on overnight stays and traveling up on the day sometimes and you know we're arriving from our hotel late but you know i don't know how much of that is, is actually true but you know at some point we've got to take this seriously and, and prepare for these games yeah that's suggestive of a budget issue isn't it like you know we're not sure where the budget is but if you're not staying overnight like i get not staying overnight when you're going to you know I can't think of any teams in this. You know, you're not going to stay overnight when you go to Yeovil, right? Or maybe even somewhere in the middle. Notts County might not be an overnight game. But when you're going to York, that has to be an overnight game because it's probably six hours on the coach. I mean, it, it depends on the balance sheet at the end of the month. And um, this is the first away game of the month. And we might have, well, how other away games have we got this month? Uh, Notts County, that'll probably be an overnight stay. We got lucky with home time in the FA Cup. So, yeah, they'll probably both be overnight stays. But early in the season, we played Halifax on the Saturday, overnight stayed. And then Tuesday night, Bromley, we couldn't do two overnight stays in the same week. So we ended up travelling up on the day. As you say, it's a complete budget issue in deciding which games you can and can't do it for. Yeah. I um, think those overnight games are easier. You know, the travelling up on the day is probably easier for a night game as well. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to leave... Talking until 12, let's say, to get there. Yeah, but I mean, it's not really just so much that as it's, it's sitting. If you think about when you sit still on a, in a car or a coach for a long amount of time and your legs stiffen up and then you're expected to run around for 90 minutes. And like Ben says, if we if we want to stay in the league and, you know, we want to do, we want to eventually get out of the league upwards, not downwards, um, we have to at some point decide that we're going to put the money into that and that includes things like this. I mean, in the non-league South, we overnight stayed every single game there was no yes no maybe it was we are we are staying overnight we are preparing for every single game as if it's the most important game of the season right um, yeah, that's so interesting. I, 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 I don't know when that approach got scrapped because quite clearly that sort of professionalism has gone down the pan in, in, in recent months yeah um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction York City are in ninth right now Ahead of Dorking and between, so between Wheelstone and Dorking, which sounds like purgatory if I've ever heard it before. Um, so what do you think is going to happen? Marina, you first. Hmm, I think, you know what, I'm going to go for 1-0 win for us. Um, nice. I think, I do think we've, I, weirdly, you know, I, I didn't fully get behind people saying we played well when Wrexham put six past us. But um, I did think we played well from the highlights that I saw on Saturday. And, you know, we definitely had fight and we definitely wanted to win that game. Um, it certainly wasn't a boring game. Um, and I just hope that they can lift their heads up from that last goal and just get up there. And I think, you know, hopefully Gary Johnson's, the main things that Gary Johnson is talking about this week is the defence, um, because there's yeah. just too many gaps and there was too many lapses in concentration. So if, we have a, if they have a week of sort of training for that and really focusing on that, um, I really hope that we can just score one and then and then hold them off. So I'm going to go for a win. 
Ben? I was I was going to say 1-0 as well, but I can't bring myself to agree with Lorena. So I'll go for 2-0. A, go, a goal in each half for me, the striker. I think it'll be a, a solid performance. How um, many times I've, this season will that mean that we've scored two goals? Third time. Third time. <laughs> Are you I mean, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous game you're playing, Marina. If you want to go down uh, stats, uh, we can do it all night and we'll see who ends up coming no. out on top. Uh, I'm a Scorpio and we are the Scorpio is the absolute best at being vindictive and manipulative, so I'll just keep going. <laughs> I'm afraid just saying I'm a Scorpio means you've lost all. Well, true, but you know, there's somebody I've been uh, chatting to who thinks they're incredibly funny, hence why uh, I'm bringing it up. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Uh, if anyone's interested, and I know you're not, I think we're going to go there and we're going to win 3-1. I think they're going to have a man sent off. Oh. That's going to make things significantly easier for us. Is uh, Scott Bowden still there? Do we know? No. The only ex-player uh, from us is Fraser Kerr. Who All right, well, he'll here. definitely score the goal then. Oh, yeah. It's nailed on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to any other business. Uh, we'll start with the FA Cup. I know we don't always care about the FA Cup because t- generally we screw it up and don't even make the first round, but the draw was made on Monday and we have a home tie against Hampton and Richmond, which is another London club. Uh, I personally think that's a good tie to have because they are struggling in the National League South and it should be a game that we go ahead and win with that word should in 10 foot high letters and asterisks all over it based on history. Um is that it? How important do you think we should make the FA Cup to our season this year? Look, I love the FA Cup and I love talking doing well in the FA Cup. And it has been years since we've done well. And I think for me, like this is personal, but I think it would be the boost that we could really, we really need in order to get people coming back and watching. Um, and, you know, having a little bit of a cup run, maybe getting a championship side um, at least, or, you know, I think. I think because of the way where we are in the league at the moment, the doing around the FA Cup is more important than usual. Myself, just get that morale going a little bit. The problem we have is that we said the same last season when we got drawn against Hampton and Waterlooville and made a right Horlicks of that. So you know you you can't take Hampton and Richmond for granted at all. Um, and I agree that we should be looking to try and make as much money out of the FA Cup as we possibly can. You know, we're never going to get uh, a player to sell like Exeter City do every two or three years. So realistically, it, it is our only way of making real money. But the, the big money comes in, in three or four games' time. Are we going to win three or four games to get to that point? Probably not. If we do get to that point, we're going to get a decent tie. We never do. Um, it... <laughs> What you'd it's just want, fun though, you know, the FA Cup's fun. It is. Will, fun. You, be go- will, you, will you be going to the match? <laughs> no. no, I'm far too busy <laughs> to go to football right now. <laughs> I'll be in Cardiff. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just, oh no, it's next weekend, isn't it? Um, no, it's October the 15th. Yeah, I still won't be going. Um, so I, I don't know. It's fun. I know. I know what you're saying, Ben, and I and I do from a practical point of view. I agree. Like you know, we've got a thin squad and. Yeah, we won't get anyone good and all of that. But I love the FA Cup and I kind of get a little bit bored of the Premier League making a bit of a mockery of it and, you know, saying it's not important. And it can bring in a lot of revenue. And if we are struggling for budget at the moment, you know, you, you are looking at bringing in money that we don't have. I, I just enjoy it. But maybe from if I have got my practical head on, maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem is that we've had such a shit start to the season that the crowd for that game, when season ticket holders have to hand over cash for it on, on, on the day, it, the crowd's going to be divisory. Yeah. yeah. It, it's going to be less than a thousand. Whichever way you swing it, it's going to be less than a thousand. So you're not going to make any money on that game for a start. So do, I, do you think the club should do what if I what I would do is maybe make it one of those days where they invite people to come for free? Get people. I don't know it's going to be low anyway. To. I think because they have to split the gate with the other team, the other team has to agree to it. Okay. So they get split 45-45 and then 10% for the FA. So Hatchman would have Hatchmond, that's not a word. Hampton would have to agree to it. And they might be like, well, no, screw it. We'd rather get a thousand people in at 20 quid than 3,000 in at two, for example. I think the best case scenario for us, and, and Ben mentioned it, like getting a championship side means we've won three ties. That's not, we haven't won three ties combined in the past four or five years. The best thing is to squeak past Hampton and Richmond and then get Plymouth away in the first round of the cup. 
Plymouth away when they are top of or they're challenging at the top end of League One, they might be tempted to rest a couple of players. They'll get 20,000 people show up because they're doing well anyway. We'll be able to take a significant away following, you know, in the scheme of things. And we'll get some, you know, it might be a game they put on TV because it's a it's a local derby. I think that's our most realistic one. As much as I would love to put an Exeter and get Man United away, it's not we probably beat them at the moment, but it's not really feasible for us to expect that to happen. So get through this round, get a decent first round draw, and then just see what happens from there. Um, we do need to concentrate on the league, but I'm like you, bro. I love the FA Cup. I think it's the best competition in the world. I think it's been undervalued in recent years. Um, and I, I like to believe in the romance of it still. I mean, the romance in it is completely at our level. Yes. But, we, yeah. but, we've been, but we've been crapping it for years and years and years. So for me, it, it becomes a distraction when what we really need is to make sure that all our players are fit and ready for league matches. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong, but you do hope for just, just, just get us there. To, let's get to the first round. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know what happened? We'll get Carlisle away, or Live Spartans away, or Gateshead. Yeah, we'll get we'll get something like that, and then again that becomes. At least have better food dinners. Everyone's got better food dinners, so you know. Yeah, Um, and then the only other thing on the uh, any other business this week is the London Marathon. Now you may have heard, P and Matt were planning to run a marathon. And that was done Sunday. I know. <laughs> it's almost like they kept it a secret, like your wedding room. And they both completed the course. We're both very proud of them. I could have done without them, you know, without Mac sending us a picture of his feet after the race. That's something that I don't think I'm ever going to quite get over. But if you are interested and haven't done so so far, um, donations for the Donkey Sanctuary on Peace Behalf for her running are still available. Perhaps you are waiting to make sure she actually completed the course. Well, now's your time. We will put the link up on the uh, Talking Talkie podcast account on Twitter and you can go and donate there. Do we have any other business, lady and gentlemen? Well, Ben. <laughs> Nothing from me, thanks. No, I think I'm all talked out. Excellent. So, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back, I think, early next week to go over our victory, 3-1 victory over York City. Everyone's saying, wow, that Ballard really knows his stuff. Until then, thank you for me. I'm Chris Ballard with Rowena. Thank you. Good night. And Ben Curry. Kate Winslet is my queen. Good night.